So as you heard uh, Noreen speak this morning, we're still talking about parables. Uh, parables about the kingdom of heaven. Um, from previous messages over the past few weeks, we've looked at the kingdom of heaven, and we can call it kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, it's interchangeable. And the kingdom of heaven is something that is already present, but not yet fully present. And what already is present is that God is king. He's in control. It's God's kingdom. We're citizens, citizens in his kingdom. And as citizens, we all have a role. What is not yet present and will be present is when Jesus returns and restores his kingdom to what it should be. No more tears. No more pain. No more COVID. No more sin. So this morning, we're going to read from Matthew 13, 44 to 46. Just two short parables. Noreen explained a couple of them already. The the one already. Um, So before we do, though, let's come to God in prayer. Lord God, we thank you um, for your word, and we ask that you bless the reading of your word, bless our hearing, and bless our understanding of the word. Bless our participation as we live out your word. You are a king, and you are in control, and you choose to use us in growing your kingdom. May we again be reminded of all that you have done for us, and may we be open and challenged to where we can respond as your followers. It's only in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Matthew 13, verses 44 to 46. The kingdom of heaven is like the treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So as Jesus is sharing these parables with his listeners, there's probably some excitement in the crowd because these are two stories about finding an unexpected treasure. And not only that, finding something of great value. Have you ever decided to donate some clothes and before you donate, you check the pockets Or maybe you've bought some donated clothes and when you receive it, you check the pockets. Come on, you all do, right? And lo and behold, you pull out that somebody's lost $20 bill. Or you decide to clean your car and and you find all that loose change. And even if it only adds up to a value of a coffee and a donut, it's kind of fun. Youth, you decide to clean that bedroom of yours, and then you you come across that $50 bill, a birthday gift probably from your grandparents, actually still sitting in the birthday card. Following these kinds of things bring about some unexpected excitement. And these things are not even large in value. So let's think about bigger things, expecting parents. Maybe you go for that first-time ultrasound, and that in itself is exciting and a beautiful sight and sound. But what if you were to notice two healthy heartbeats? The unexpected surprise of great value. Maybe you also heard uh, of the 33-year-old Kevin Kennard, an Arkansas bank manager. He took a day trip just to a State Park. just happened last month. And he saw on the ground what seemed to be like a piece of glass. And it turned out to be a 9.07 carat diamond. 
Any guesses, Adrian and Maria, what that might be worth? Priceless. Okay. <laughs> it's assumed to be worth at least 100,000 US dollars. It's an unexpected surprise of great value. And in this state park, by the way, it's finders keepers. It is. The world is full of surprises and sometimes unexpected surprises. So these two parables in Matthew are not just unexpected surprises. They are unexpected surprises of great value. So Jesus teaches in the first parable that the kingdom of heaven is like this hidden treasure in a field where a man just happened to come upon it unexpectedly and he stumbled on this treasure. Jesus then teaches a parable where the kingdom of heaven is like someone intentionally looking for fine pearls but then unexpectedly found one of great value. Now these two parables are basically referring to the same thing. When, and when a teacher or rabbi tells two stories consecutively, this means that the teacher wants to reinforce the main idea. He's just not saying it once, he's saying it twice in two different ways. The kingdom of heaven is something very valuable. And you may not expect this, but the kingdom of heaven is a great treasure. And it is worth everything that we have in order to be part of. With reckless abandonment, it's worth surrendering our lives to the kingdom of heaven. We sang that song this morning, I Surrender All. But most of the time, if we're honest with ourselves, we probably just want to surrender some. With this first parable, the treasure is buried in a field, and a man found this treasure. It wasn't his field. It wasn't his treasure. But he sees the value. And then he begins to wonder, how can he possibly obtain this valuable treasure, something to be sought after? So what does he do? He hides it again. You see, in ancient times, it was uh, often difficult for people to find a safe place to deposit money or valuables. The people didn't have bank accounts. Um, the people wouldn't always keep their valuables in the house because others could potentially find them and they could steal them. So they would bury their treasure in the fields. If an enemy was all of a sudden invading, then the Israelites would quickly bury their valuables in a field before fleeing. But if the owner of the valuables was killed in the attack or the war, the secret of the buried treasure would be carried to the grave. No one would ever know about this buried treasure. According to Jewish law, if a hidden treasure was found, it belonged to the finder only if he owned the land. So the finder of this treasure in this parable, he originally did not own the land, and, he, and so he would have to forfeit this treasure unless, which he had the great idea, to buy the land and become the new owner. So this parable involves the treasure having been buried by somebody else other than the current owner of the field. And the reason we know that is because the current owner of the field would have taken the treasure prior to selling the field. But he didn't. He was unaware of the great value that was hidden in his field. He was ignorant to what was there. So the person who found the treasure, he buried the treasure again in order to quickly purchase the field. Now, this might appear somewhat deceptive, but there was a desire that when he came upon this treasure, there was a desire to have this great value, treasure of great value, and he was excited about this newfound treasure. And so he sold all he had, he surrendered all he had in order to purchase the field holding this treasure. 
Having purchased the field, he not only was the owner of the field, but now he was the owner of this valuable treasure. Well, then this leads to the next parable, similar parable of the pearls. Pearls were not that familiar in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, pearls became more of a status of the wealthy. Pearls were valued for their monetary value and their beauty as well. In the ancient world, the main source of pearls would be the Red Sea or Persian Gulf or India. And Jewish merchants had to go out of their way and search around the world looking for a pearl of great value and beauty. So the second parable, the man is actively and intentionally seeking the treasure. As noted, he is seeking a fine pearl. And then he, be, then he comes upon not only a fine pearl, but he also comes upon one of great value. It's not only beautiful, but it's valuable. So the finder in this parable of the pearl was also willing to surrender everything to have the pearl of great value. In both parables, the two men find something unexpected, and they respond in unexpected ways. The two men surrendered all that they had to obtain their desired treasure. They went to great lengths to obtain this great treasure and to make this treasure theirs. So Jesus is sharing these stories, two stories, about how we, his people, are, desire, are to desire the kingdom of heaven more than anything else. And like these two treasures, one enters the situation not even knowing the great value that waits for them. One starts his day randomly, coming across a treasure. The other starts the day, yeah, intentionally looking for a fine pearl. They both end their day surrendering everything that they needed to obtain this great treasure. They're selling their possessions. They sold everything they had. And people would have looked at them like they were crazy. They're probably being judged by their friends and, and their community. Friends of these two men were probably just shaking their heads, thinking something strange is going on in their lives. They're getting rid of all their possessions. That's not normal. And yet, how surprised their friends would have been when they saw the treasure that they purchased. Maybe they weren't so crazy after all. For these two men, once they realized what was before them, the value that was before them, there was logic behind what was perceived by everybody else as madness. These men understood what they purchased was worth its value and more, and so they gave up what was worth giving up to find this new treasure. This was a possession that was great in value, never to lose its value. There was no risk for these guys. The day before this great find of theirs, these two men were probably no different than their friends around them, not recognizing and understanding the value that was readily available in their life. And if it happened to somebody else, they probably would have judged others who, who would have reacted the same way. The point of this parable is that both these men knew of a treasure. They saw what was valuable. They saw it before them. And they decided to go for it. They were willing to be judged. They were willing to be criticized. They were willing to put their pride aside. They were willing to surrender all for this valuable treasure. Over these past few weeks, 
again, we've been talking about the kingdom of heaven, and I hope that we've come to realize that the kingdom of heaven is valuable. It's precious. It's something that is to be desired. And as a result, how willing we should be to surrender our lives for this wonderful, valuable treasure for something so valuable that people in the parable were willing to surrender it all. Now, this parable is by no means indicating that we can purchase our way into the kingdom of God. That's not what it's about. Salvation is a free gift from our God. We have been saved by grace through our faith in Jesus Christ. Now, this parable is also not necessarily commanding disciples to sell everything. But it is challenging us to ask us, what is our all? What is our all that is necessary for us to give up to obtain this valuable kingdom of heaven? Maybe it's to give up everything. But reflect on what our all is. The principle in this parable is how valuable the kingdom of God is. And often it takes something unexpected to recognize something of value. You see, far too often I think we take things for granted. We're probably like that original owner of the field. Unaware. Ignorant that there's a treasure among us. And so, just willing to sell the field and unknowingly give up the treasure. The kingdom of heaven is often one of these things that many of us take for granted. People of God, our God has called us to seek first his kingdom. The treasure is right before us. We see the treasure in the field. We see the pearl of great value. It's being offered to us. It's right there. It's almost in our reach. But not quite yet, because maybe we have something preventing us from obtaining it. Maybe it's that heavy glass, that unconfessed sin that's before us. What do we as individuals need to give up? What do we as a church body, corporately, what do we need to give up for the kingdom of God? Let's just talk about life with COVID-19. I know everybody's sick of that, but it's the reality before us. Our God didn't bring COVID-19. Sin in this world brought COVID-19. And there has been losses and and death around this world and loss and death on account of a sin-filled world. And we continue to lift in prayer those who have had losses. But our God will not sit idle. He will even use something bad for his good purposes. And God will not allow COVID-19 to be in vain. I believe he has or will use COVID for us to give up some things. And maybe there's still more that we still need to give up. Despite the losses, COVID has also had its unexpected treasures for some people where lives are so busy And COVID allowed people to be more present in what was going on around them. COVID removed some of the distractions of entertainment and sports and people running here and people running there. 
Instead of giving our offerings to the almighty sports figure and sports hero or the music stars, we maybe learn to give our offerings to the kingdom more and to share with others who are in need. And those needs have come out more so in these times. And even the way we operate our churches, of course, our worship and our ministries, they're not ideal. We all know that. But maybe there's still things that we need to release in order for us to receive the value, valuable kingdom of God. Maybe we have inappropriately put our attention and resources to, towards things that just aren't that important. Maybe we've been asking too many people to volunteer and churches becoming more like a business rather than a spirit-filled organism. The alive body of Christ that we're called to be. Maybe it's time that we not only pray and discern, but we also act on seeking God's kingdom first. The kingdom of great value. And please know, I'm not mentioning these things because I have this agenda. I don't. These are just examples. These are just examples of what we're being challenged with. Maybe what we need to put aside. What it means to be part of the kingdom of heaven. And I think we're all called to discern what we need to release to receive the kingdom of God. And as we look at these parables again, the treasures, the treasures became, became owned by the seekers. The treasures had value. But it, it, the treasures were of no value to them unless it was in their possession and ownership. The kingdom of heaven needs to become ours. And we have to actively pursue the kingdom and become fully part of the kingdom. Otherwise, we're just simply bystanders, probably judging others as crazy people. Christ dying on the cross has no value to you unless you respond in faith. And he died for you out of grace and love. But if you do not actively respond in faith and, and believe in him, then it has no value. Take hold of the amazing gift. Take hold of this great treasure of freedom and life through Jesus Christ. Seeking God's kingdom means to accept that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And that means to accept that, yes, we are sinners, and there is nothing that we can do to save ourselves. There's nothing from the world that can save us. Only God's grace through his son, Jesus Christ, can save us. And Jesus has done that once and for all through his death on the cross. Surrender your life to Jesus. Surrender your life to his kingdom that's among us. Once you've accepted Jesus, you begin to understand that you're not the king in your kingdom. Jesus is. He's the king. He's the ruler of your life. He's in control of your life. And then it means that we just begin to surrender to God on a daily basis. It's letting go of things and letting God take control. And it's hard, right? We all know that. I know that. And the decision may even look bad to others. Oh, you'll be judged by others. But it will be the best decision that you've ever made. Seek Jesus. Seek first his kingdom. When we surrender to God and obey him, everything else pales in comparison. Jesus demands our hearts and our lives to live for him. 
Have you sought out the treasure? Have you found the treasure? Have you given your hearts to him? People of God, give thanks to God each day for his kingdom and for his gift of such great value. Salvation through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And together we say, Amen. Let's pray. Our Father God, um, we thank you for your kingdom of great value. We thank you for forgiveness and salvation of great value. What a gift. Thank you for your grace and mercy and love. And may we respond in seeking you in your kingdom. May we not take for granted the great value and exciting possibilities of your kingdom here on earth. And not take for granted the amazing grace your son Jesus Christ offered to us to receive in faith. We thank you for opportunities to come before you now in times of prayer. In your presence, in the presence of your people. We thank you for the body of Jesus Christ, the church. We thank you that Christ is the head of this church. And we ask that you bless the ministries in this church as we continue to discern when and how to begin certain things. We thank you for leaders and for staff that you have put into place to serve you and to serve one another. We ask for your blessing on your people, the unborn children, infants and children, youth and young adults, mothers, fathers, husbands, wives, singles, and those who are single again. Lord, we pray too for our seniors. We pray for those who have health concerns. We pray for those who are lonely. And we ask that you continue to make your presence known to each of them. We thank you for their life experience and their wisdom that we can glean upon. And we pray for those who have lost loved ones, whether in years past or recently. Lord, we lift up our brothers and sisters who've made their needs known and for those needs that are unknown to us. We pray for those struggling with mental health concerns and we pray for hope and healing. We pray for others who have physical challenges, especially with maybe back issues or other mobility issues. And there are several among our congregation and families and community. We lift up Harry as well as he's in the South Huron Hospital and we just pray as he's there for observation that you will bring healing and and an understanding to what's going on in his body. Continue to work in, the bodies, in their bodies and in the hearts and minds, giving patience and daily strength. We pray for our brothers and sisters, your sons and daughters among us, struggling with physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, or relation, relational concerns, same-sex attraction, and we also pray for their families. We pray for grace and love to take place in the lives of all your children. Lord, we lift up our community and our world. As COVID and disease continue to bring chaos into this world, may, you, may we put our hope and trust in you, our comfort in life and in death. Help us to reflect your light to a world that is dark. Help us to extend grace to others through our sharing and our words and our actions. And may others know that we are your disciples through our love. Lord, you know the struggles that torment your people in this community and in this world, and we bring them before you. And we ask that you hear our prayers. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.